What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Music Corner. Rested awaits. I'm Nate, and I'm Sebastian. And today we got albums. You know how it is. You know what to do. Uh, Trent isn't here, unfortunately, but the show goes on. No worries. He's all good. We still got these fucking things to talk about anyway, so let's just get into it here. First off, with a band called Mint Green and the album All Girls Go to Heaven. So this is the debut album of a very, very new band, um, Mint Green, who I guess the best way that like I can put them is like, in, in basic terms, it's pop punk, you know, but... um. You know, they got their, like, alternative influences and, like, some emo vibes going and all that. At first, when I heard the uh, first song on the album here, Against the Grain, I was not looking forward to this at all because I thought it was just going to be a slow, like, acoustic jam kind of album through the entire thing, which would be kind of disappointing since at the time when uh, I was listening to, like, whatever albums were coming out that week that this one came out, that was starting to kind of be a repetitive theme. I'm like, oh my fucking god, can we just get something different? But... Luckily, once body language kicked in, it got really more, like, upbeat. It got really more emotional, I would say, in terms of lyrics. Uh, I love her voice. Her voice on this, whoever she is, is, like, absolutely amazing, like, for the style of music. Um, But, yeah, overall, it's pretty chilled, pretty consistent. There's uh, not much else to it when you kind of, like, you know, get to body language the second track it's just pretty straightforward from there uh but some other songs i did enjoy were uh what i'm feeling make me stay ready golden and uh whatever happens um yeah overall it's an 8 out of 10 for me it's a really solid start for this band uh definitely want to see where they go in the future here i can definitely see a big promising future seeing them open for some bigger acts and soon enough headlining uh mahals here in lakewood i can definitely see them play in that venue and if you like that alternative indie pop punk kind of style this is just for you take it away sebastian yeah, this album is very pleasant. Like I I was very happy listening to this. At first I <laughs> I thought it was Olivia Olson from uh Phineas and Ferb and Adventure Time fame. Oh my god. Very, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like literally sound just like her because I was in the car with uh, my partner BB and we were listening to it and I'm like, wow, this person is literally Olivia Olson. But yeah, the very rounded tone, very well put, well placed. Uh, I love, love the driving rhythm and body language. It has some really, really good harmonies. And not to mention, these harmonies, they carry over for the rest of the album. At first, I thought it was going to be a little bit of like, kind of like a punky kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm a little bit, a little bit burnt out. But no, it, it got really groovy. It had some really cool, like clean, almost Midwestern sounding guitar passages, which... I'm cool with, you know, I like the Midwestern clean style. It's just like, you know, obviously the emo stuff is a little bit, a uh, little bit overdone at this point with hey, the whole but, revival. But, but hey, hey, no disrespect to American football, though. No disrespect at all. Oh, yeah. No, they're, they're, they are the trendsetters. That's like hating on, you know, freaking corn for new metal. <laughs> right. And they don't even call themselves new metal. <laughs> right, right. We're, we're just, uh, we're just hard rock. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's really good. I like this album. Uh, I, If anything, you know, I, I definitely would like to see where the band goes from here. And hell, I would even like to see them live. You know, like Nate said, you know, seeing them at 
uh, our local places would be pretty sick, especially uh, I feel like the foundry would be pretty good too. Yeah, I could see them there too as well, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, overall, this is a 7 out of 10 for me. Uh, Music Corner style, it's pretty damn good. Hell yeah, there you have it with that one. Moving along here, we got an album from Medicine Drugs. Not to be confused with the two, it is the same, but one is an album and one is the band. Uh, Sebastian, take it away. So with Drugs, uh, I mean, this album, I, I don't really have anything personal against it, but... I was just really not in the mood for it, and I hate to say that. I really do, um, but I was just not in the mood for this at all. It was just too much psychedelia flash over substance, and I I feel like if I listened to this again with a different headspace, because I was, I was having just a rough day that day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't want to give this thing a rating because I feel like I kind of do it a disservice because I really just kind of gave up after the first like five songs. So, uh, yeah, this is this is an album, and I'm not gonna rate it because I really did not finish it with a lot of uh, with a lot of enthusiasm. This is uh, not applicable out of ten, <laughs> basically. Yeah, na <laughs> na exactly. Uh, but I will gladly give this album a rating because Jesus Christ was this album rough. This was easily the worst album of the week, and quite possibly a contender for the top ten worst albums of the year for me personally. Um, so when I looked into the band more, I found out that they were uh. To my, to no surprise to me, they were pretty popular in the '90s, somewhat because of their appearance in the film *The Crow*, where they actually like made a cameo performance for their song *Time Baby 2*. Um, and you know, it's they were known mostly for their shoegazy noise pop style. I don't know any of their other music, and I don't really recall what that song sounded like in *The Crow*. I've seen the movie; it's a great movie, but I could not tell you the name of that song well the name of the song prior to looking into them so i guess going into this album and seeing as this was self-released too i'm like oh damn like this is like you know they're they're doing the independent thing this could be good no 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 it's shit this is my problem with bands like this too from the 90s that are trying to like either revive themselves or like just try making new music now is that like they always go overboard with the fucking noise and distortion you know like biggest example I can give My Bloody Valentine Loveless that album classic shoegaze right we you if you've heard it before you know what you're expecting with it you know those distortions you know those cr- those crispy barely can hear vocals soothingly in the background but then when you listen to their uh mbv album at least for me when i listen to it it just does not compete at all and it, it just sounds so heavily distorted that it's not even music it's genuinely just noise and this is like no exception uh when i re-listened to it even more today i you know skipped around a little bit but i think it was either no show or the outside world where i shit you not they, it, they were just making noise and then there was some sort of like i guess if you want to call it singing going on 
there, you know? But it wasn't, like, as melodic as My Bloody Valentine. With the, Despite it being so distorted, My Bloody Valentine at least has some sort of melody to me, I'd say. This, there's nothing. There's just no. It's just noise. And as much as I love my, you know grotesque, loud, banging, caveman drum metal music. When it comes to, like, something like shoegaze and noise pop or whatever, it just, it doesn't work with this style. It genuinely, I become the boomer. I become the boomer who's like, oh, new music now is too loud. Like, that's literally me when it comes to this. So, with that, I gave this a 4 out of 10. It was very disappointing, and I don't recommend this to anybody even just as a shit and giggle kind of moment like no thank you no thank you and i don't want to put that on to you the audience so we will move along now (laughs) um we got a new album here from the band dragged under upright animals so sebastian are you familiar with this band actually i am not well you kind of are because this used to be rest repose Remember oh, those guys? Shit. Yeah. Dude, I had a memory come up like today <laughs> about Rest Repose. Oh yeah. Uh, live. Yeah. I think that was actually a couple days ago for me. I don't remember exactly. Or, but... Yeah, it might have been a couple days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got the phone. Today yeah. Was Paris. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paris. No, but like uh, this um was originally Rest Repose, which if anyone isn't familiar, it is uh Jared Dines's old band that he actually like went on a full United States tour with. Uh, Spesh and I were lucky enough to see them when they still had, you know, Jared and, like, Anthony was there, Fluff, you know. Uh, it was a great show. Honestly, that still goes into my top ten favorite shows of all time just because that experience and, like, getting to meet Jared and Anthony, like I said, and, like, Austin Dickey, too, when he was on uh, uh, merch, that was really cool, right? And uh, what ended up happening was, like, Jared eventually left, uh, and the band kind of took a different direction. They kind of went for a more... I don't know what he would... I, guess, I wouldn't call this metalcore... It's like a combination of like hard rock, post-hardcore, pop-punk, and some metalcore influences, sure. Just not full-on, you know? Rock, punk, and metal, in basic terms, is definitely the big influences on uh, this band, Dragged Under. Uh, and that was mo- most apparent, too, on their debut, the World, the World Is In Your Way, which that one I felt pretty, pretty mid about, you know? And uh, unfortunately, too, this one is also no exception. It's not that they're bad at what they do. In fact, everybody sounds excellent on this album for what it is. It's just, it's it's both overdone in terms of, like, you know, the style and everything. Like, everybody does this, and it's very repetitive. There's not really anything all that new about it and sure you can argue like well it doesn't have to be all that new you know and you're right it doesn't but at the same time I have been listening to this style of music for like getting close to 10 years now or we're really getting there with me and having heard all the styles and all the bands that I have you know in the genre it's you know it's it's nothing original and that's why like that's why I'm more uh, I would say focus now on rap music more unexpectedly than I am with most metal now because there's just, I guess, at least for this year, more originality, more interesting things going on, whereas with metal, it's like the same shit with exceptions of like 
pale face, you know, who's literally my number two spot currently for my best albums of the year, just with that, how brutal that album is. But nevertheless, with Dragged Under Upright Animals, it's just a rehashment of the same old, same old, you know, not much else to it. Uh, I did give this one... I believe six and a half. Yep, six and a half out of ten. Uh, but if you like the style of music, you will definitely enjoy this album. It's not at all like bad. Maybe a few cringy lyrics here and there that are just like okay, like whatever. But other than that, it's it's nothing too too bad. So just gonna leave it at that. Take it away though, Sebastian. Yeah, this album is not the most original. Uh, it's not trying to reinvent the wheel or anything. Hell, I wouldn't even say it's making that wheel go very fast. I think it's just going at a very moderate pace. And I am very much just sick of talking of this kind of music. Uh, as much as it's good, you know, it's just it's very good background music to me at this point. But yeah, Nate and I have been listening to this kind of stuff for pretty much all of our lives and it's like it, at some point you know there needs to be a little bit of change because redundancy does not help at all especially for us doing this kind of podcast and format you know and yeah i wish i can add more uh guitars are cool vocals are hit or miss here and there um just a little bit of like just kind of fluff lyrics and you know vague us against them vibes and yeah it's it's uh six out of ten i I don't know how else to put it yeah that's it it just is what it is and yeah to be fair i guess you are right i have been listening to this most of my life too which is like sprinkles of new metal and hard rock so like fair point there but like yeah even then it's doesn't change the fact that it is still repetitive but still respect what the boys do absolutely for sure but uh yeah there you have it first half down another to go before we get there let's have a word from our sponsor and we're back Alrighty, let's hop into it now with the new album from the band destroy rebuild until god shows destroy rebuild take it away sebastian Welcome back, guys. It's Andrew WK here, and we are going to be watching Destroy, Build, Destroy. And, uh, yeah, I, yeah, this album started off pretty shaky. Uh, I was not, (laughs) I was not a fan of the singing at all at first. It was just very overproduced and just very, like, typical, like, post-hardcore vibes. Um, but then vocals came back through a big improvement with, uh, Super califragilistic existential crisis. Um, I feel like that song. I, I, I mean, not because of the namesake. I just thought it was genuinely the better performance on the album. Uh, it's a, it's, it's a solid track. It's, it's a pretty solid track. Yeah, no, I, I think that one was probably my favorite out of all of them. The screams were like pretty fucking basic. Um, everything else pretty basic i mean they're not a bad group i i honestly did not think this was like a bad album it's just like i mean as i was saying before with uh dragged under it's you know same thing different band it's yeah monotonous uh six out of ten. Oh, oh that's it that's all you got <laughs> yeah that? i mean i mean i don't know what else i can say no, that's I mean, fair it's, yeah it's same New York style cheesecake. I mean, I can only I can only make it look a little bit different, I guess. But at least it's fucking delicious. Um, yeah, I mean, like I say, it's not bad, right? Like, for sure. Um, no, this band I actually have known. Uh, 
God, since sophomore year, surprisingly, I just never really dove deep into the first album. Their only other album, actually. Um, so Destroy Rebuild Until God Shows, or otherwise known as Drugs, is uh, a, I guess originally a supergroup formed by Craig Owens, who you may know from the band Chiodos uh, for being like one of the more popular post-hardcore bands of like the 2000s and all that. Uh, pretty big in the Warped Tour scene for sure. And uh, yeah, he had this little side project thing that he did called Drugs. And the debut album was actually like really solid, really cool. It's got a lot of like that post-hardcore alternativeness to it, a little experimental rock, some really, really impressive screaming range that he does on, I believe it was the, the Only Thing You Talk About. I'm pretty sure that's the song that has it. it. It's a really cool, high-pitched scream, too. And it's right at the breakdown, too, which is, oh, mwah, perfect part. Uh, that album was really good, too. Like, I highly recommend looking into that album. I might have given it as an album recommendation once or twice. But, um, nevertheless, they got a new one here. Over 10 years after that album, too. And this is only their second album now. It's crazy. But they're back for that nostalgia factor. And on this one, while, yes, keeping it basic, they still deliver for, at least to me, is a pretty solid sophomore album. Uh, nothing much has changed other than I think there's a little bit less range going on, both with just... The, the music itself and I would say his vocals because yeah he kind of keeps it at like a basic clean singing level and then simple mids like mid-range screams uh on the album as well which nothing wrong with that you know I get it he's kind of being an older guy here and everything now too and like you know his vocals obviously aren't going to be the same especially when he was in Chiodos like that's almost like a completely different person you could even say but he still delivers pretty well uh, and there's still some really solid songs on here, such as Destiny, Gold, Bright, Brighter Side, uh, What's the Code for Heaven's Gate, and Waiting on You, just to name a few. There was one song, I forget the name of it, but like it was like somewhere in towards the middle that was the only one I didn't really fuck with. But even then, like while it is forgettable, it doesn't, you know ruin the rest of the experience for the album, at least to me. But if you like your post-hardcore, um you're going to like this album, plain and simple. Uh, and for me, I like it. I enjoyed it. It's an 8 out of 10. But all right, moving along here, we got a new album from Alexis on Fire, Otherness. So, these uh, another post-hardcore outfit here, Alexis on Fire, is back with their first album in what is also over 10 years, with their last album being from 2009. Not including the EP or anything like that that came after, um, but yeah, it has been a hot minute since they've been around. I've only listened to their uh, debut album, the self-titled debut album, which is a really good emo post-hardcore record. If you haven't checked it out yet, uh, I definitely recommend that one. It's really solid. Uh, and I've heard really good things about like their albums like Watch Out and Crisis and, of course, the other only other album, Old Crows and Young Cardinals. Old Crows slash Young Cardinals. Uh, but otherness, I guess I didn't know what to expect going into this. It's, I, it's a comeback album. It's been a big minute since they've 
put out a full length, and it could be either pretty solid, it could be pretty shit, who knows. I guess the one thing I just wasn't expecting on this thing is for it to have, like, a southern, like, vibe to it. You know, like a southern post-hardcore thing. Much like how uh, Every Time I Die is, and even, like, Grey Haven that we've reviewed um, not too long ago. Like, it's kind of got, like, that like feel to it uh especially like on some of the uh, slower more sung songs you know and unfortunately when those songs come up it's not really like too hot for me personally it's it's, it's a little boring if i'm going to be honest too mostly because these are the songs that like extend on for like way longer than it should and it's like okay yeah we get it all right like we're, we're dragging it out here, but they still have some really, like, raw moments that kind of, like, pay homage to their old sound, I would say, uh, like, on the first track, Committed to the Con. Very solid opener. Very in-your-face, you know? It's one of those kind of things, and I like that when it's an album that starts off that way. That is always a good, uh, good way to kick things off. And then, you know, you got your other ones here, too, that are also, um, Got like the blend of screams and sing singing vocals such as Sweet Dreams of Otherness, Conditional Love, Dark Night of the Soul, and Reverse the Curse. Um, but yeah, it, overall, it's a decent comeback, I would say. It's not the best by any means, and it's nowhere near at least what their debut album sounded like. But to me, it's exceptional. It's a 7.5 out of 10, and... Yeah, if that's your thing, check it out. Especially if you got if you, if you like a little bit of that southern rock flair to it, you know, it's definitely worth checking out. It's an interesting project. Uh, Sebastian, take it away though. Yeah, with this one, I will say, um, I really, really like the cleans on this one. They are super rounded. Uh, they even have like this kind of like psychedelic instrumental passage on it that fits really well with the cleans uh on the song mistaken information uh, i really like that um and yeah the post hardcore i mean i i really like post hardcore especially if it's done well and i think it's just i think this is done pretty well the only thing i will say is that the screams are just not mixed the best i don't think they're bad by any means just very like old school emo if that if that rings any bells it kind of reminds me of just like you know just because it's familiar to me at this moment like the down or downtown battle mountain from uh what i call it the early days of dance gavin dance with john it kind of reminded me of that sound but just like the screams are a bit better than that just more the mixing um the guitar work it's spectacular uh the bass work has like a nice crunch to it um i even get like a little bit of just like a shoegaze kind of vibe with some of like the really like reverbed out moments on this especially with like uh survivor's guilt i really like that one um yeah i would say that one's probably my favorite track on this as well um yeah it's just it really it really is just a good like nice package i would say probably my favorite album throughout the whole week too bad i just don't have a lot to say about it other than these points i'm making here uh, it is, it's fun. Uh, if you like post-hardcore, I feel like you would enjoy this. Uh, this is an 8 out of 10. Good shit. All right, well, we got only one more album to go here, and that's going to end it off, we're going to end it off on a big note, because we got the new Logic album, Vinyl Days. Take it away, Sebastian. So, obviously, as you guys know, I am not a Logic fan at all. I... It took me a long time to realize Logic 
is a rapper that I should look into more uh, because this album changed my mind a lot about him. Uh, I always thought he was just going to be like this, you know, spiritual, lyrical, criminal kind of guy, as uh, Mr. Fantano would say. Uh, I bring him up because he's a big uh, selling point on one of the songs here where Logic was like, when he first reviewed me, I, mean, I thought I was going to kill the dude. <laughs> I'm like, okay, bro. That's like, that's like, a, <laughs> that's a lot. Okay. But whatever. I mean, I, I guess, I guess some people just can't handle criticism. Um, but yeah, like it's just, this album really showed a different side of logic that I never thought I would see. And it's like the boom bap style. And I, I love boom bap. It's, Probably like my favorite style of it. Uh, I, I love De La Soul, you know, Del the Funky, Hopeless, Homo Sapien. You know, I love all that kind of style. Bismarck Key. I, I just, I love it. I think it's just like the most like wholesome and just like also my favorite method for like storytelling within hip hop. And yeah, this one has a lot of that. It just appeals to me more because it's not focused on like the technicalities it's more focused about just getting the song and the point across. I really fuck with it. Uh, the self-titled Vinyl Days, that song is really, really fun. That one is probably, like, the most De La Soul for me. Like, I was just, like, ready, man. It, it reminded me of, like, something off the grind date. Like, I was, like, really, like, I was bumping to it, man. Um, yeah, and then the samples on this thing are really, really well-placed. Um, but... This is where I have my issues with the album. Uh, it's just, there's too many skits, man. There are way too many, like, shout-outs or too many, like, breaks. It just takes me away from the project at whole. And I, I know Logic does not really have to try that much at this point. And I'm glad that it's not like, you know, Drake falling asleep at the wheel kind of thing. But, like, this is still just way too much uh there's a song called sayonara where he name drops like a bunch of people at uh def jam right nate yes that is def jam yeah yeah like all the people that he worked with and like you know it's cool it's it's really nice that he's recognizing all the people and everything that he worked with and all that whether it could be good or bad but like it's just i think it's just overdone um it almost gets to a point where it's like more DJ shout outy than like a rap album at some points. And that just really, <clears throat> really took me off. Sorry, I'm still recovering from allergies. So my voice sounds like I'm like losing it. That's why. Uh, yeah, it's just, I really, I really wish there was more substance to it because when the rap parts kicked in, they were good. They were honestly like probably his best. I think that he's ever sounded. Um, but yeah, like if this thing could have cut at least 10 of the songs or like at least a couple of the interludes, it made it a lot shorter. I feel like this album would have been a really, really good contender for like one of my favorite rap albums. But I, I just, I could not do with all the like random fluff in there. Like I, you know, I'm happy that he's experimenting and having fun and I want him to keep doing that because it sounds like he's having a great time and I can really, I can hear the amount of fun the guy's having, but it just did not translate well for me whatsoever. So I'm going to unfortunately end this on a six out of 10, but at the same time, the good stuff is really, really good. Yeah. Uh, 
I didn't really know what to expect going into this album personally. Uh, we've reviewed two Logic albums in the past uh, couple years, which is funny because isn't he supposed to be retired? Um, but no, we listened to No Pressure, which was originally his supposed to be his retirement album, his farewell. And honestly, I really fucked with it like a lot. I really was surprised of how good and consistent that that album was not too overblown you know he sounds great on almost every single track uh i think dad bod is still like you know one of my favorite songs off that album alone and then he came out uh last year with his uh surprise return of uh bobby tarantino 3 which ooh, <laughs> that was not a good album. It had a couple good songs, but I couldn't even name you the, the names of them. I do remember though that on that album, the good songs were the ones that were like the quicker ones that were like literally like two minutes or under, and everything else was just like these like three to four minute songs that were just bad. They just were not that good. So. It's like, all right, what are we going to expect with this album here? And, you know, the first thing I didn't definitely notice, as probably a lot of people might have, is just, first of all, well, not much the the, the album length, but just how many songs there are. Because this is a big boy. This is a fat 30-track album. But... I mean, as Sebastian mentioned, there is a lot of skits on here, which I'll get to momentarily. But um, for me, I think this album is actually, like, a really good... This is what, like, a good return album should sound like, you know? Like, if he really was coming out of retirement, this is what should have been the one that come that came out, you know? Cook up some stuff within 12 days, which he did say that this album, I believe, only took, like, 12 days to make, and if you're able to cook this up within that kind of, like, short time frame, you could have done that with Bobby Tarantino 3. Come on, now. You could have swapped that out, or just completely scrapped Bobby Tarantino and just used this one, you know? It would have been, like, you know, less detrimental to your career, but there's just some really banging songs on here, like Tetris, for one, Love that. LaDonda, the Anthony Fantano-ish diss track kind of thing going on. I love that one. As as dark as like it is, like I know that Logic's joking. I've watched the interviews he's done with Fantano and you know, it was actually like kinda cool like that you mentioned Sebastian about like how like he's kinda like doing his thing and everything because when I watched that interview I saw that like he was basically talking about that and how like he was really he like he says in the song like what Fantano kind of like told him and everything about it like basically just not taking everything to heart you're gonna have your haters blah 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 like that it's gonna happen and like once you get past that you're on top you know and that's kind of like what he's showing here on this album for sure uh some other banging tracks I liked here Clouds Awesome Rogue One Kickstyle uh Porta One uh, I really liked the uh, the Nardwar uh, segment on here. I was not expecting to hear like to hear Nardwar's voice or anything. And then like when I saw what the title, what the uh, song's name was, I was like, oh, okay, yep, yep, this makes sense here. And then I really liked too that little uh, phone sketch thing with uh, Fantano too, just titled Needle Drop. That one was great as well. Um, Again, there's a couple skits that could have definitely been left out, but like for me, like it actually like added some flavor to the album, and it actually made it like for like some like it was a fun sketch. It wasn't anything that was like you know 
I, w- I, I won't want to say overdone, but it wasn't anything that was just like, here's like a three-minute sketch and it's going nowhere. It's just rambling, you know? It's It was actually like fun to me for the most part. Um, but yeah, the, the, this one was great. Oh, and the other thing too, I wanted to point out the Sayonara thing. I know that like, I, I know you said you didn't really care for that one, Sebastian, but like for me, like it kind of just like, I don't mind when rappers do that. Cause this isn't like the first time I've heard that. If I'm not mistaken, uh, J Cole on 2014 Forest Hill Drive, he did that one where like, he was just like shouting out everybody who was like involved with like the album or like, just like, you know an influence for him or like family friends you know whoever i think it's kind of cool as long as like you know that the beat's nice you know because it's just like if the beat was shit and it was just like you know shouting people out it almost just seems disrespectful i don't know if i like it i think it's kind of sweet sure it doesn't need to go on for like over 10 minutes but at the same time i get it he wants to get everything out there wants to shout everyone out like and do it, you know, I support it, for sure, uh, but yeah, overall, it's a good album, it's, uh, you know, not the best rap album, or even, like, top 10 or 20, but, like, an honorable mention for, like, a good album of 2022, rap-wise, yeah, yeah, I would definitely put that in there, uh, this one was also my favorite of the week, if I didn't mention already, and it is an 8 out of 10 for me, but alright, there you have it, that has been the week, before we go, though, we got album recommendations. Sebastian, do you have anything for us today? Can I recommend a single slash EP? Go for it, but I might know which one you're talking about. Only because I just talked about it on our TikTok. Which oh. you can go to right now! <laughs> Dude, check it out, man. Check it out. We're doing singles. We're doing EPs. We're doing it all. Boop, boop, boop. But yeah, uh, I just talked about recently the Spirit Box EP Rotoscope, and this is quite a fucking release. I don't know if you've listened to it yet, Nate. Oh, it's it, um, it's great. It really, I'll just give really quick brief review for me from it. It gave me like a lot of Deftones vibes with the alt metal direction that they were going with. Uh, Courtney sounds excellent with the clean vocals. I actually preferred that more than the screams that she did a few times on the album. And it's it's kind of getting more groovy, too. If they continue to do this onto the next LP, I think it's going to sound really solid. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Uh, she just she just went off, man. Like, it kind of reminded me of, like, a gothic nightclub. At yeah, some of the at least the title yeah. track, for sure. Yeah, definitely, the title track. And it had, like, these almost, like, Brian Garris-esque screams in it. Like, the really, like, high ones that she was doing. Uh, I really fucked. I really fucked with those. Um, and then you had like the middle one because there's only three songs, so I'll just mention them all. But like, yeah, sew me up. I really enjoyed just like the balladry of that one. Uh, I I really enjoy their ballads because Courtney's voice is really well rounded, really just full. I mean, I I love altos. You know, they are they are quite saucy, and I I love them. Uh, and then you have hysteria at the end. That one just kicked it right back up to 10 and just like cranked really hard i yeah this was a wonderfully paced ep and yeah man like nate said if the lp sounds anything like this but expanded i mean that shit might that might that shit might get a 10 i don't know man this is this is pretty good (laughs) and like that's what i mean too like like metal bands like doing that and like i i understand too when people don't like it when bands 
uh, it's changed up their sound so drastically where it's like, it doesn't even sound like metal anymore. But it's like, the thing is, is that metal and rock are just so repetitive anymore, especially for me, because like I said earlier, it's just a genre that we've both listened to. I can include Trennan on this too. We've listened to for years and we've heard it all at this point. So like just to mix it up a little bit, give it that alt metal flair is something that like a lot of bands can do. And if they pull it off well, you might have something uh, pretty solid on your hands here. But uh, I digress with that one. Uh, for my album recommendation, though, I'm going to go with the self-titled album by the band uh, or duo, I guess you could say, uh, Always Never. It's a very uh, R&B, electronic dance kind of sound and feel to it. It's almost like, you know, they. It, it's kind of obvious that they have like influences from like, you know, groups like Chase Atlantic or uh, The Neighborhood. It's kind of got like that feel to it. It's just really vibey. It's like really kind of like feel-goody kind of music and everything. Maybe even like just like some darker vibes too. Just like depends on how you listen to it, I guess you could say. But I really fucked with this album and uh, I'm pretty sure it was their debut album as well. And for a debut it kicks ass. It's really chill. Uh, I would say some favorites on here would be like Worst, Hopeless, Wyland. Wyland's probably like their biggest uh, biggest hit that I'm aware of. And uh, Millions, just to name a, a few songs there. But yeah, Always Never. Get those chill R&B dance vibes, electronic-y shit. And uh, yeah, if you like that, you'll enjoy it. You know, plain and simple. But all right, that is officially it. That is the episode. Sebastian, as always, thank you for joining you, you, Trent Spirit, thanks for being here. And yeah, this has been the Music Corner, where State Awaits, and we are signing off.